Hey everyone, welcome to episode 120 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. We are back with Professor Andy McDonald answering great questions as we continue here at FHC University to answer all the questions that make us go, hmm. A quick shout out and a get well to our friend and pastor, Jeff Sinkamani, whose voice is once again missing from the show, but we're praising God for answered prayers as he guided the road and will guide the road to a full recovery for Jeff. We're looking forward to having you back soon, Jeff. Last week, we had a special guest and podcast alumnus, Donna Bursky, and we finished with a beautiful verse and a promise from the book of Jeremiah that said, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. So if you've missed any episode or one of the messages, and I know we've been a little bit behind, which I found out yesterday on actually getting those posted to the FHC uh, website, they're on their way to being up. If they're not all up already, I didn't have a chance to check today, but you will find those there. And I would encourage you before we even get started this week, if you haven't taken advantage of watching the message from this past week that we're going to talk about today, hit pause right now. And I know that's dangerous. I shouldn't even tell you to do that because you may never come back, but hit pause, go watch the message because this week more than any, I think it's important for the context of the message to be in your head before you listen to what we have to say. And if you do not do pause right now, please promise that you'll go back and watch the message because it's one that whether you disagree or agree, it's one that I think you don't really want to miss because somewhere in there, there's going to be a question for you that you really have to have answered for yourself. And our topic this week was, why don't we talk more about unique SDA beliefs? Is it important that Adventism be different than other denominations? Now, Every week I keep thinking that someone is getting the short end of the stick, and now I'm absolutely convinced that, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Edwin, I'm sorry. I really felt like you got the raw end of the deal on the double barrel shot on your week. But, you know, as we dig into this week, I just want to start by saying that this is absolutely the best message I've heard at the hospital church, hands down, because this is the foundation of, from my perspective, what... I believe we're all about it at the Florida Hospital Church, and it's why that my family comes here. It's why we are moved to be part of a community that believes this in the order that it believes it. And I know that you're all thinking, well, yeah, it's Andy. Of course it was a great message. And while that is true, I really honestly found the transparency and balanced approach to this subject refreshing and critical to the future of whether many of us will continue to identify as a Seventh-day Adventist or merely keep the beliefs but remove the label or remove the affiliation because this really comes down to what do you believe Jesus tells us to do and what role do you believe a denomination, a local church, and where our priority should be. Now, again, I'm not saying that you have to agree or disagree, but I think when presented in the light that it was, you're going to possibly come to some conclusions that you haven't before or you're going to be solidified and I hope double down and say, yeah, this makes absolute sense. So, so if you are just listening to this and you haven't heard the message, <laughs> give us lots of grace. You might misunderstand something. Before. Yeah, so if you come at this, now you can send us a text or an email, leave us a voicemail, and if it's a good one, we'll even take the voicemail and we can play it on the podcast next week and we can go back and I would be happy. 
I would be honored to make a follow-up or a .5 episode on this subject and take every single question, criticism, positive, negative, and run those through the gamut of what we believe. Because really, again, I think that if we get this part wrong, then we're really doing church as we know it for the wrong reasons. So it's no secret that people leave our denomination and many other Christian denominations at alarming rates. So does the fact that we do or we don't talk more about our unique SDA beliefs play into that, in your opinion, Andy? Well, I, I think, well, really, I, I'm going I'm to answer it very badly, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I think it goes both ways. Uh, it, it sort of confirms people where they want to go a little bit. The point that I made in the message is that the height in our differences doesn't build bridges. Right. And, and if, and if there's just a few, there's very few, really, in our belief system of unique beliefs that we give pause, maybe some people from other Christian denominations, but I had a funeral on Sunday, and, and I was talking to a person I've never met before, and it was like they were saying nice things about the message of the funeral, but they were like, yeah, the whole, the whole day of denominational thing is sort of over, and I'm like, interesting that you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Where we just came from on Saturday, yeah, I gotcha. So is it a fact that we don't talk about these unique beliefs on purpose at FHC, or is that more of a perception than reality? Do we do we shy away from these? Because I find that we we weave them into messages in ways that yeah. we try to be um, balanced. Balanced. Thank you. Yeah, we, I, I think that's true. We, there, we we don't spend a lot of heavy time on that which differentiates us, but we also don't shy away from it. It's, it's, it is it oftentimes there was not a whole message about that thing. It may be. Uh, a piece of some other message where you sort of tuck it in versus accentuate it. Right. We know what the question is. Why don't we talk more about unique SDA beliefs, and is it important that Adventism be different than other denominations? Now, again, these are coming from our young adults that are asking these questions, and we're answering them in this series. And, Andy, I had forgotten about the preamble to the 27 that was in place 1980 before the 27, now the 28, fundamental beliefs as a denomination – and or I don't know, maybe I don't remember them that well. Maybe I forgot. Maybe I just never gave it the proper importance it deserves because honestly, my thought process of what I thought you were going to say, the way you would say it, and the way I would take it, or what my beliefs were on this whole subject, completely changed my focus of where it needed to be when you when you read it off. And I, I'm sure I've read it at some point. But just for for the sake of those that may not remember, this is how it goes. Seventh-day Adventists accept the Bible as their only creed and hold certain fundamental beliefs to be the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. I think it's really important that, that's, that we go back right there and as our only creed, that the Scriptures, so, so we don't have a creedal statement. The 28 or 27 I believe are not creedal. They are, right. They're, they're our basic understanding of our creed, which is Scripture. Is scripture. Love it. So these beliefs are set forth here, constitute the church's understanding and expression of the teaching of scripture. Revision of these statements may be expected at a general conference session when the church is led by the Holy Spirit to a fuller understanding of Bible truth or finds better language in which to express the teaching of God's word. It's almost as if the writers of this realized that writing things in stone and stopping the search for more clarity, more truth, more understanding of God's word would inevitably be bad. Yeah, sure. And one of, the, one of the strengths of the Seventh-day Adventist denomination, uh, within denominationalism, 
is, is the sense of progressive revelation, that, that we can learn more, that God is still revealing who he is to us, and, and the world is not, a, is not all locked down and uh, codified. Okay. And, but speaking from the perspective of someone who spent a long time away from the church, teenage years through almost 30, where I never heard the message change. I never heard any progression. I still heard if you eat pork, you're going to hell. If you go in and if you swim on the Sabbath, you're going to hell. I mean, this is what I grew up with. And these, these beliefs are often held up as infallible and unchangeable and almost as a bully stick. And to me, it causes a sense of entitlement that we've already figured this out. And it's not our fault. You know, if you other people just don't understand or you don't want to change or, I mean, it's in black and white. So I don't know why you can't see this. Right. It becomes the thing that's the most important thing is to hold to the things we've understood or, or things we misunderstood that we probably understood. So why is it that when we as a church, especially a local church right here, because we don't want to speak for anybody else, that 20 of those 28 are pretty much in sync with Christianity as a whole, as, as, what, they, yeah. as what most people believe. So leaving only about a third or a little less than a third that are actually unique. So... I mean, are we more effective to focus more on the 20 and building the bridges, working together, exposing that uniqueness in the process of that? I mean, as we're building bridges and people say, I don't understand why you guys hold the Sabbath to be Saturday or why you guys believe the state of the dead the way that you do. If we lead with the eight, it's almost a division from the get-go. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's like if you were trying to make a friend with someone, a new friend, and you, you were like, let me, let me tell you where we're, where we're different. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to when you have conversation with a, a person you meet in casual, you know, at a restaurant or wherever. Sure. You, you, you talk about things you have in common. You know, that's how you strike up the conversation. Oh, you went there. Oh, yeah, I went to school in that same area. Or, yeah, I'm from that region of the country or whatever. You look for, you look for common ground. And I, I think it's really important that as members of the body of Christ who are – in agreement on the big stuff. Sure. We ought, to, we ought to celebrate that common ground. And then have great discussions of where we, where we see things differently. Don't be afraid of those things. But you just don't lead with, you're different. Yeah. yeah. I love it. You went right to my next point. Because not focusing or leading with the eight does not make us somehow warm or lukewarm or like we're not willing to talk about it. We're just trying to go in maybe with the velvet sledgehammer instead of just raw iron. Well, and partially, uh, oftentimes in, within our, our nomination, with the other nominations, the focus on this, on certain beliefs, if they cause us to have that, that, that belief's got to always be anchored in Jesus. If Christ is not the center of, of all of it, then we, we have to go back and reevaluate what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, reality, I mean, like, like the Sabbath is a great illustration. Seventh-day Adventists are known for Saturday Sabbath worship. Sure. And but if that's not about resting in Jesus Christ as our Savior, then it's, it, can, it can be a hollow practice. And so it's, it's really important to make sure that they're all anchored back in Christ. And, and we have that in common. Christianity is the heart of the gospel in common with all the body of Christ around the world. I think it's where we take the most abuse, honestly, is because people say, oh, well, you say 
that the Sabbath is rest. And I know that we can get bogged down in, in parsing out how you keep the Sabbath and all that. But from an outside perspective, if the Sabbath doesn't look joyful, or if we don't look joyful in observing the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath, talking about the Sabbath, living it in a way that other people are like, man, I wish I was like that McDonald guy. Because look at him. Every Sabbath, that dude can't wipe the smile off his face, and he just looks good. Or, you know, this lifestyle that he lives, there's something about it that I want. That's what they're going to find first to go, that Sabbath is a bunch of hogwash. And also to, to validate the major foundational pillars of the Christian faith that we share with other Christians. Yeah. So the eight, where we differ, are these salvation issues? Because so often I feel like that's how they get parsed out. I mean, I I wouldn't have picked, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that there were eight off the top of my head that were different. I would have probably said more like four or five would have been my guess. Some say it's, it's more like six. It's, it's yeah. Like, it's how, you how you interpret them. But I mean, is the reason that some people hold so tight to these and the, the temptation of the idol making these things idols, is it because that we perceive them or is this is it true that they are? Yeah, I, I think when we, whenever we put uh, any confidence in that other than God saving us, we, we're, we're at risk. We're in trouble. Uh, I'm, in, I'm a big, a big fan you know, of Titus 3, Titus 7. <laughs> yep. Our, our job's being messed up. God's job, he saves us, and the result is we get eternal life. Uh, so, so <laughs> we do our parts pretty easily and pretty well. Being messed up becomes pretty natural. It does. Uh, so, but being different. Now, there there can be a seriously negative connotation in being different. If that different isn't trendy, if it's not edgy, we're pushing the boundaries of societal norms. And as the father of a special needs child whose quirks, mannerism, and even her physical appearance are often characterized as different, but not of the trendy persuasion. So I understand why... As a denomination, someone could say, man, I just don't want to deal with all of this other stuff, and I don't want to stick out. I just want to blend in. But I loved your your ways to be or to define different. You said if by being different we mean faithful to truth where others might be compromised, or if being different means willing to sacrifice status and recognition in order to make a kingdom difference, or if being different equals aligning more closely with God's will, then yes, like, let's be different. Talk is cheap, but those are solid. These are God-fearing difference makers, faithful to truth, sacrificing status and recognition for kingdom difference, aligning more closely with God's will. Let's be different because these just aren't pithy slogans. This is absolutely what we're called to do, sure. right? I think those differences can be a call to accountability of differences with every Christian who follows Jesus. Hmm. Those are things that really are part of the gospel must don't compromise there. These, yeah. And people understand the benefits as opposed to some kind of legal demand. Right. So what's the most important thing that you would want your church, your church community, your friends, your neighbors? What's the most important thing that we can take away to remember? If you forgot everything else we said, this is what you need to hold on to. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you knew. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that Jesus is the Savior. He calls us to love. There's a glorious future. And you can start parsing that down. You can you can have some pretty mean fights pretty fast. Oh, sure. Under that. 
But if we can, with our friends in the community, go back to, hey, we agree here. Jesus is the Savior. He's called us to love. There's going to be a glorious future. Yeah. And that really sort of is the, is the story. Yeah. And I think centering on that, continue to always go back and focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus. Whatever he calls you to do is different, be different. Uh, yeah. But, but don't, go hunting, don't go hunting for ways to be different. <laughs> if we look at what Jesus has asked us to do and what God's asked us to do, the way we've been created, we have to have confidence that when we plant seeds of that difference, whether it's, you know, again, someone's watching you get out and walk to your car and go, where do you go every week all dressed up on Saturday morning? Oh, I go to church. Or you mention it in passing or, well, where were you guys this morning? Oh, we were at church. Really? You go to church on Saturday? Oh, you're a seven. A lot of people may know something about it. And it's real easy to then have a real transparent conversation about what the Sabbath means to you. And like, man, I don't know what I would do without my day of rest every week. And I, you know, it's something that biblically we hold on to. Anyway, you can have those conversations, but we have to feel confident that God is going to take what we plant and the Holy Spirit's going to do his job. It's not our job to finish that. Trusting the Holy Spirit and not feeling you got to land the fish. Right. Uh, it's, real, you know, it's hard to do sometimes. That's hard because we want to, we want to land sure, the fish. So that's the fun part. But, but at the same time, it's okay to say, God, you're in charge. <laughs> you are ultimate. And I can trust that you have reconciled all the world into yourself through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is first in everything. And I don't know, that's how I want to live my life. Yeah. So this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, how have some of our unique beliefs been barriers to your connecting with neighbors? classmates or coworkers. If you grew up Adventist, you probably have a unique story to share or relate like, oh, are you guys, you're like the Amish, right? Or you're, or you're the guys that don't drink or you're guys that you don't dance. But I would absolutely love to hear your story. And again, I would love to do a follow-up episode. Please make me do a follow-up episode because this is a great opportunity for us to realize where maybe we have an idea that has helped us in our co-workers, classmates, neighbors, the people in our community, or even other Adventists that don't see things the same as us, maybe you have something that works really, really well to have great conversations and conversation starters. We'd love to share those. That's one of the things I think that's really important to leave in people's minds as well, is that while we all in our denomination are part of that one denomination, we all see things differently. Yeah. I use the illustration that it's like a service about, you know, we, we got people in our congregation and all this is a political spectrum. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Party, but they don't agree with everything their party says. Sure. And the same thing is true in church. We, we all agree that we, we want to hold to this denomination. It's the place where we, where we practice our Christian faith in the context of Seventh-day Adventism. But just go to a small group class and you'll quickly realize we don't all agree about all that stuff. Sure. Don't let the places where we are different from others be roadblocks or barriers or walls of separation. Yeah. You know, lay aside and to build a bridge. Uh, don't let it take the luster off of what we do agree on and what we can share and we can celebrate together. Yeah. All right. So if you have a story and you want to even remain anonymous as always, please don't hesitate. You can text or voicemail 407-965-1607 or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Final thoughts come from Andy's message where he said, in our denomination, I hope our marks of uniqueness will be two. First, we seek to exalt the Lord of the church, not the church. And second, that we will be known by the supreme mark of the life of Jesus in us, and that is love. By this will all people know that you are my disciples if you have love 
for one another. So being unique as a Christian carries nothing of value if Jesus and his love to share with everyone isn't the center of all that we do and all that we are as individuals or denomination or local church family. Something to take with us. So upcoming, we're going to be finishing off part six, the final week. Great questions. And it's you again, right? It's me again, Margaret. We will continue our series based on the questions from the young adult community. And this week is how important is it to God that we behave? (laughs) I tried to say that with a straight face, Andy. Because God knows he's not getting that from me. He He knows that. 47 years into this thing, and he's like, man, have you learned nothing? We'll talk about that this week. <laughs> we'll talk about Randy this week. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Randy. Man, you might, we might have to put a PG-13 uh, rating on it for next week. But that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, as always, Andy, to Tom, and Jeff. Please be a good patient. Do what the doctor says and what your wife says so you can join us again very soon. We miss you. So do join us again next Wednesday for Episode 121. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.